enjoy asking the question, why? And maybe some of you know um, why the uh, computer keyboard is set up the way that it's set up. Yeah, the, uh, or the, what we call the QWERTY keyboard, Q-W-E-R-T-Y, those are the first letters on the top row. Some of us even have it on our cell phones, and it's the, the way the keyboard is set up for the computer. Well, the, uh, if you don't know, I get to tell you. When the typewriter was first developed, now, some of you don't know what a typewriter is. I've only used, I mean, I'm 47, I've only used electric typewriters. Um, so my grandmother had a manual typewriter, and, uh, but I'd never used one. And, but a manual typewriter, the first ones made in the 1800s, they had a mechanical arm that you pushed the button and it forced the mechanical arm to put the letter on the page. Well, when they first developed the keyboard, it was in alphabetical order. And there were too many letters that were common letters close to one another. When they, when you would go to type, then as you know, sometimes what happened in mechanical keyboards, the keys, the arms with the keys on would collide when they're going back and forth. So they developed the keyboard the way that we have it today, uh, pretty much uh, switched one letter um, after this, but developed it so that the most common letters would be spread throughout the keyboard, and there would be less opportunity for them to collide with one another. So that today, where that has absolutely no bearing on using keyboards on computers or anything else, but that's still why we have the keyboard that we have. It's it's interesting to find out why we do some of the things that we do. Some, knowing that, have checked into and tried to find, are there more efficient ways? There probably are, but it's not worth the money to change it. Believe me, if it were, somebody would do it. But uh, it's not. Interesting then for us, over the course of the the, the summer, to uh, explore with Paul as he walks with the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapters 10 through 14, We'll walk through that and ask some of the why questions as Paul was informing the church then and how it relates to us. Like today, why do we read the Bible? Next Sunday, why, why do we have traditions? Sunday after that, why do we drink juice and eat bread? Why do we have communion? Our passage today, looking at why we read the Bible is uh, from chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians, found on page 931 in your pew Bible. Invite you to find a Bible near you. There's probably one around you. You want to get it out because in a little bit we're going to have a little hands-on lesson um, with it. But I want you to go ahead and turn to page 931 and look 1 Corinthians chapter 10 as Paul uh, speaks to the church in Corinth. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Thank you as, it's, as your spirit illuminates us to hear from you and receive from you and to follow in the ways of Jesus. Help us to, to hear from you and do your will. 
the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Chapter 10, starting with verse 1 through verse 13. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, and they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples for us, so that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not become idolaters as some of them did, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents. And do not complain, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. These things happened to them to serve as an example. And they were written down to instruct us on whom the ends of the ages have come. So if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So why do we read the Bible? It's because the Bible tells us who God is. It tells us who we are, and it tells us who we can be in God. It is a collection of diverse writings from diverse places and authors, as we'll see in a moment, who are inspired by God in order to lead us into life with God. To to lead us from, from what is evil to what is good. To, to work within us, as we'll see... To, To oppose what is negative, to oppose the evil, to oppose the the sin within us, that natural propensity within us to go our own way instead of God's way. To oppose, to be freed from that and from the ways of the world and the ways of the evil one. In order positively then to pursue the way of God. to, To be transformed into His nature. To pursue the way of love. The Bible is inspired by God in order to lead us on that journey with Him. I mean, that's what Paul is telling the Corinthians about why they've got their Bible. Now, the Bible Paul is talking about here is the old, what we know as the Old Testament. And, and, he's, and he says, clearly, these things are written down. These things that happened are written down for your education so that you won't repeat their errors of idolatry and sexual immorality and complaining before God. Gives us the events and the happenings and the truths to lead us from the lies into the life that God has for us. That's why the events were recorded and Paul points the Corinthians. God tells us through what has happened what is good. 
And then not only that, as he says in verse 13, not only the, the testing that you're going through, the difficult times that would, would tempt you to complain or tempt you to, to obey the lust and pleasure of your own body versus God or attempt, tempt you to, to pursue some other God besides God who is our creator. These stories are there to help us. And the power of the Spirit is there to strengthen us with one another to overcome that testing and temptation. The Bible is God's written revelation to us. Without it, how would we know God? Think, think about that for a minute. I mean, just try, just to play, play this game. If you didn't have the Bible, you knew nothing of the Bible, how would you know anything about God? Now, where, where would you look? Where, where do you think that would come from? You can say it out loud. Nature could be a place. Where else? I'm sorry? Other people from com- community, from, from one another. Yeah, the love, just from what love is. Maybe from our own heart, from our own mind, from our own meditation. Well, let's just think about that. I mean, all those are good. Those are ways that God can communicate to us. But, in case I forget to say it in a minute, they all fall under the authority of the Scriptures. Because if you consider nature, I mean, let's consider nature over the last couple of weeks, last couple of months. I mean, if nature tells us about God, God's sort of moody. Wouldn't you say? I mean, because a couple of weeks ago it was 80 degrees. And then it's back to 50. And then there's destruction. Matter of fact, in my house, all our sunscreen was lost and long forgotten, as you can tell, being out at a girls' lacrosse game yesterday. Or you can look at nature and say, you know, might does make right. It is survival of the fittest and the strongest and the weak are destroyed. If you look at parts of nature. If we consider our own heart and my own definition of love. Well, you know, I'm scared of my own definition of love. Because, and you, too, you should be too, because my definition of love tends to, ought to be all about me. And even in community, if we share with one another, there might be some correction, but we know in plenty of cases, right, where communities have disbanded the ways of God, ignored them. Those are all good, but they are secondary. They are the, the reason we read the Bible is because we understand from our history, we understand from our community that the Scriptures are the inspired revelation of God that tell us most clearly who God is, who we are, and who He wants us to be. It is in, in the Scriptures that, that we have pri- our primary, our ultimate authority in faith, in doctrine, and in all of life. And all the other ways that we learn and grow fall under Scripture's authority. It is God's written revelation 
to us. I mean, there's no other way for us to know of God except for God to tell us. And, and we understand the scriptures to be God's, in a sense, love letter telling us of himself, of his love, of his grace, of his truth, and the life that he has created us to enjoy with one another and with him. If you got your your Bibles, or there should be one around you, and uh, I know they have stamped on them, property of CHPC, do not remove. Well, you know, if you really need a Bible, feel free to take it. Um, we didn't mean that when we said it. Don't, don't know how. I think maybe the stamp maker got uh, mixed up. I, I don't know. But because if you don't have one, you need one, feel free to take this one. Or if not, if you want other ones, we, we'll, always, we'll always have some at the five-minute party for you. But if you open the first couple pages where it says the books of the Bible, see that right there? Yeah, just, let's just walk with that. For some of you, this might be review, but... For others, it might be a reminder. For others, it might be the first time you've ever considered just what is the Bible? This, this collection of all these different writings, these different uh, books. If you just look through there, you got the Old Testament on the top. It says the books of the Bible at the very top. Then it says Old Testament. And then they're in the order of their appearance. And... The first column there, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, goes all the way down to Nehemiah. And those are the history books. Those tell of the events. They tell the story of God with God's people from the very beginning. Through Abraham and Sarah. Through King David. To the destruction and exile of Israel to its return. They tell the story of God with God's people. And then right after Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms in the top of the second column, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, those are called the writings. They're, they're the songs, they're wisdom sayings, they're poems, they're, 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 they're stories that, that go on for a long time giving a few truths, sort of epic poems in a sense. And then from Isaiah... Through Malachi. Those are the prophets. Those are the, the names of the different people that God raised up to, to speak God's word, either to the, the leaders or either to God's people or even to unbelievers. And they're throughout, they're interspersed throughout the history from kings through Nehemiah and even beyond. And then if you move to the, the New Testament, there was three to five hundred years there between Malachi and then Matthew. Matthew begins the New Testament at the advent of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John then are gospels. They tell the story of Jesus. The Acts of the Apostles then tells the story of the New Testament church. What what the people who gathered after Jesus what they, what they did. And then from Romans through Second Thessalonians, the end of the first column, those are the letters from the Apostle Paul written to different churches in the different cities that are mentioned there, arranged by size by the length of the letter. 
Then from the second column of the New Testament, 1 Timothy, all the way through Philemon, are Paul's letters to people. Again, arranged by length. Each one, different situations. Sort of like you, you read some of those letters, it's like listening to one end of a phone conversation. And then Hebrews through Jude are the same letters written by different people. Some we know, some we don't know. And then finally is Revelation, written by John, the, the Apostle John, which is really sort of an epic poem on steroids. And you know, read it and you understand. You know, I mean, it's almost like a dream you know, with its fanciful language and stories that it tells of the, the end of time. And as you consider that, I mean, consider that these, this book has been put together by a, a grand author, a grand editor who inspired each of the people who were a part of pulling this together across millennia in different places and times in history, in different spaces, different people, men and women, who put all of this together over time and yet it has... One point of communicating to us who God is, who we are, and who we are, who we can be in Him. Revealing to us the heart of God for us. I'm sorry we don't have a, a, enough time to go into some of the more details about what it says. I want to really bad, but I won't. <laughs> and uh, the... Uh, thanks, Dad, for that vote. Of, of just its reliability and, and how it's been proved true so many different times archaeologically and, and historically and the, the, the gathering of the manuscripts. It's the most well-attested book of ancient literature bar none 50 times over any other writing of ancient literature. We know in the New Testament that Jesus affirmed the Old Testament as the Word of God written. Used it as the authority for Him and for His people. And the church throughout the ages has affirmed that these are God's inspired work for our benefit. The inspired written Word of God and our authority in all faith and life. Another passage that, that hits it with the Bible is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient and equipped for every good work. Hear it again, Paul saying how the scripture, the, the, the negative and the positive, is for, for reproof and correction. And it's also for training and righteousness, for teaching us, for preparing us for every good work that God has for us. When I was at camp as a kid, 
There was a girl that wrote me letters at camp. She's now my wife, so it's okay. But when I got a letter from her at camp and she was at home, I jumped on that baby. You know, I just devoured it almost literally. You know, smelled it, looked at every writing, opened it up, read it, not once, not twice, but over and over again. I certainly didn't keep it in the envelope on the, and tack it on the wall. Because it was a love letter from home. That's, that's what we have here. We, we read the Bible because otherwise we would be lost without lost to our own devices and our own foolishness, our own ignorance, our own pride. Unless He reveals Himself to us, we would never know. You know, recently, what's important is that we come, though, to the Bible on God's terms, not our terms. We come to the Bible under God's authority. We're not coming just to gather information. We're not coming just to get a little inspiration. We're not coming to get a list of how-tos. We're coming to get what God sees we need. We might think we need inspiration when really we might just need a little how-to. We might think we need information, but really we need inspiration. And I think that's the error of our brothers and sisters who keep trying to say when the world's going to end. Because they come to the Bible with their question already in hand. Versus coming and saying, what did, what did God, what are you teaching me? And, and I think if they came, then they'd read where Jesus said, it's not your business when it's going to end. And in another occasion we said, it's not, doesn't matter when it's going to end. The question is, when he does come back, will he find faith on earth? And that's the why we read the Bible. It's God's love letter to us, but it's also God's leading us in the way of truth, in the way of life, in the way that He would have us live to participate in His grand rescue operation for the whole world. We read the Bible in order to hear from God. In this season where we're continuing to remember the Spirit in our midst. We recognize the Spirit is the one who then illumines our mind, illuminates our mind, quickens our soul to be able to hear, understand, and do what God would want us to do. For Jesus tells us it is a fool who reads and knows the Word. A fool who reads and knows the Word but doesn't do it. It is a wise man who reads and knows the word and does it. On your way out today, you'll receive just a little handout, a half sheet of paper. It's just a little guide for devotional reading of the scriptures. Questions to ask as you read through passages that help us to to dig in. to, To not just snack on the word, but like to gnaw on a bone. G.K. Chesterton said that about the Bible. He said, you know, you got to eat it like you, you got to read the Bible, eat the Bible like you eat chicken. You know, you, you eat the meat first, you enjoy that, but then you take the bones and you gnaw on them for a little while. You know, that's how you got to read the Bible. And so my question to you is, how much are you reading it today? 
Is it, is it a part of, of your daily diet? It's not enough just to come in here on Sunday morning for a, a little bit. No, this is God's love. This is the way we know God. This is the way we know the truth that God has revealed to us. Then we need to be in this word daily, regularly, eating and joying the parts we love and gnawing on the parts that challenge us. On your way out, I invite you to take that uh, handout that's a way of, of reading and enjoying the scriptures. And also invite you to the middle hour where there's all kinds of opportunities where we gather around the Word together. And this summer, we're going to take a long journey and try to, throughout the summer, just take a, a survey of the whole Scripture. Start at the table of contents, go all the way to the maps and everything in between. Just And get the whole, get the big picture, get the main point of the divine drama that God has inspired for us. Amen.